Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 358. And tonight, we're recapping Welcome to Night Vale number 226, Creditors. I kind of had a feeling when you saw the title of this episode, I'm like, oh, that's right. Cecil's station management. Now he's got to deal with that stuff. Yeah, he goes right into it. He says there's a lot of really important news going on in Night Vale, but he can't get to any of that right now because he is so stressed about his job. I mean, being the voice of Night Vale has always been a very stressful and involved job, but now he has to deal with admin stuff, and it's really starting to get a little overwhelming. Yeah, and in addition to all the other stuff that he has to deal with, the Sean's for anybody that's a that's a callback from a long time ago. All the sales team, they're all named Sean. That's just how it is. And they've been grumbling for a new break room. And he's like, I, I don't really have anything. I, I don't have any time to get anything done at this point. Yeah. Well, he's trying to call on some words of wisdom from Leonard, who was the announcer before Cecil. And one of the things, the bits of folksy wisdom from Leonard is that the most healthy food that you can possibly have is two-day-old lukewarm scallops. So Cecil is like taking that to heart and he has gone to a discount shipper of scallops from a state that's landlocked, I think, and he had them delivered ground and they finally arrived, but it's 18 cases of them and the Shawns don't have a fridge in the break room. And this scallops thing just keeps going. It does. And I'm just going to go ahead and just for everybody's benefit, if you have an emetophobia thing, there is going to be no puking in this episode. No. It was sort of like kind of on pins and needles this whole episode. I'm like, if you have people eat the old scallops and then puke, I will be upset. No, yeah. none of that. Yeah. Other things, but not that. Yeah. And I think Nathan would probably sympathize with you. He's had some bad luck having seafood on mm. vacation, especially. So yeah, the idea of eating, he would probably nope right out of the room at that idea. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Interesting that the Shans were also complaining about this, complaining about that, complaining about the fact that Netflix canceled the OA four years ago and we're still upset. And I'm like, why? That first season was really dumb. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I never tried it. I saw that and I thought, no. ah, there's nothing there for me. No, there really isn't. But um, anyway, okay, so Cecil says, screw it. He's going to do some news, whatever. He first talks about the PTA. They're doing a bake sale for a new blood space war because they want to make money from the mechanism of death. And they are specifically saying that the university of what it is is not welcome to participate. So the next bit of news is that the Night Vale Community Theater is doing auditions for a performance of Betrayal by Pinter. And I don't know if you remember, Betrayal was the show that um, Dad was in, of course, but it was the one that they took photographs and that Hannah was like one of the people when she was a little girl there. Yes. What is also interesting is that Tom Hiddleston was in a Broadway production of Betrayal, and he was playing the part that Dad did. And I thought, I don't need to conflate these two things in my brain. I'm sorry. No, 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 wrong. Talk about noping your way right out of the room. Uh-uh. <laughs> but anyway, anyway but, um, the, the, the Pinter play is going to be about a bunch of university uh, employees who come to a small town and they're totally not welcome. Oh, and the university of what it is is not allowed to audition. 
That's right. Saturday is the annual knitting festival at the fairgrounds. Sounds like it's going to be a really good time, but the university of what it is is not allowed to touch anything or buy anything or participate. They are not welcome. I I do kind of want to see something like that because they said it's going to be a battle royale between the knitters. And I thought, yeah, that tracks the knitters that I know. I think they would totally do something like that. Yeah. Also, I remember Nightville at one point, they had like a, a big street battle, I guess, that they had to clean up and it was between the knitters and the crochet. And I'm like, that is also likely. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, so the creditors are calling about the mortgage, the taxes, the utility fees. It looks like station management hasn't paid any bills in years, but Cecil's figuring out it's because station management was freaking terrifying and nobody wanted to come after them for the bills. And now everybody is taking advantage of the fact that they don't have this scary-ass crazy creature guarding the station. So now they're trying to get all of their money. And Cecil has been getting calls from these gravelly-voiced people saying things like, nice station you got there. Be a shame if everything happened to it. A real shame. I'm crying right now thinking about how bad it would be if we lost your station. I need to call my therapist. Pay us some money so we don't have to blow up your station. (laughs) Which is surprisingly creepy. I was like, at first, I'm like, oh, this isn't threatening at all. And then they finished up. I'm like, no, yeah, that was threatening. Um, Cecil is hoping that he can just find something and explain to them the situation and maybe they'll give him a 60-day extension out of pity. And I'm like, yeah. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, The scallops are still causing problems. Next issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's been a PSA. Do you remember, I think, last week? Was it last time? It was last episode. Yeah, I think so. The PSA was from the Council for Food. This week, it's for the Council for Water, who is upset at the idea that anyone would say that it is vital to eat food because they're like, no, it's vital to drink water and it can't be both, right? Right. Yeah, the Council for Food is feeding you lies. Mm, Yeah, but they do have some helpful information on what is and isn't water, you know, like I don't know. Paint thinner is not water. Seawater is not water. Despite having it in the name, it's not really water. And I'm like, yeah, that's fair. I'll give them to that one. Someone wanted to know if urine is water. And they're like, um, yes, but also mostly no. Um, we'll have to get back to you on that. So Cecil, he's digging through station management's office and he's not finding anything except like dusty folders with blank pages on there. And he's freaking out. He's like, what is he going to do if they take the station away from them. What is that going to do to Nightville? What's that going to do to him? He's probably going to have to do another podcast. Oh no! I'm <laughs> and meanwhile, the Shans are throwing scallops at each other. Cecil wonders at one point. You know, everybody's all grumbling. Of course, the Shans are getting unruly, and he's wondering how to get back their trust and how can the station survive. And he's like, I don't. Maybe if the sales staff actually sold ads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We go back to news, and let's see. There's a baseball game, and a bunch of grown men stood around for three hours and stared into the sky as a very hard ball falls from the heavens, and occasionally they swing a stick and then swear at a man that has a cage over his face. And I thought, Mm -hmm. yeah, that kind of sums up my feeling about baseball on the whole. But there's also, of course, a lot of people sitting around eating nachos from people whose only job is to wander around selling nachos and I thought yeah that's that's probably the better part I think of the experience is the nachos for me anyway yeah. yeah me too 
So the creditors have arrived. Uh, they're all dressed in suits, very nice clothes, and they all have goat heads, and they are taking and eating everything. Yep. They're even trying to take a couple of the Shans, and they're mm-hmm. they're just, they're absolutely horrifying, and Cecil just can't deal with it anymore, so let's go to the weather. And uh, mm-hmm. I have no notes about the weather. I just, I, for some reason, I was like trying to catch up on my note-taking here, and the music just went right past me. Yeah, it was called Crawling Home When the Morning Comes by Sweet and Lonely. I have written down, it's got a 70s folk beat. <laughs> That's kind of how I would describe it. So it <laughs> okay. was fine. Yeah, it was Nothing fine. Wrong. Nothing yeah, wrong yeah, with yeah, it. Definitely. So we get back from the weather, and everything's been saved. I mean, Cecil mm-hmm. was even saying the only thing that's going to save us is a miracle and I'm losing hope. Well, it was pretty much a freaking miracle because the creditors tried to take the rotting scallops out of the Sean's break room and the Sean's wouldn't let them because they were going to be damned if someone would take them away, rotten or not, but the creditors really, really wanted them. They craved these rotten scallops. So the Sean's leveraged that and got got money from the creditors and then they use that money to pay down the station's debts. Yep, 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 yep. And Cecil, to thank them, he used his own money to buy them a fridge. Kind of a shame there's no food to put in it now, but, you know, he said something like, at the moment he's gone back to fretting about managing the station as opposed to panicking about it. And I'm like, that's it. that is an improvement, I have to admit. And I did like how he pointed out that the having scallops but no fridge and then selling the scallops in order to get enough money to buy a fridge for which there is now no more food, he said it's very gift of the magi. And then he explained, you know, that story about the gift of the magi where a woman chops off all of her hair so she can buy a fridge and her husband eats a watch because he was mad that he lost his fantasy football league. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. That's how I remember it, too. (laughs) That was it. That was the end of the episode. I guess Night Vale has started their live show. I guess they've got seven more performances. You've got to be on the East Coast. They're not coming anywhere near your guys' area. No, I don't think so. And this is still the haunting of Night Vale, which we've actually seen before. So Uh, that's fine. got Got it. Got it. Got it. And also, they've got a lot of stuff discounted on their store because it's like the last gasp on that. And I'm like, I need to go look around in there. I think there was a couple things I thought looked interesting. Yeah, well, they've always got some neat stuff there. So not a lot to talk about here. I think it's interesting. You haven't started watching the new season of Ted Lasso, have you? Not yet. Nope. So I think, I want to say there are five episodes in, and I think it's a nine-episode, ten-episode season. And Hannah and I were discussing it, plus there is an NPR review on it that really sums it up. This show is still better than nine-tenths of what you're going to see out there on TV. But they haven't really embraced the ensemble cast this time. Everybody has a separate story, Mm -hmm. um, so it doesn't feel as connected as it did before. And there have been several plot points that have happened. They're not bad plot points, but, you know, something you can feel a plot point getting geared up. And I'm like, oh, let me guess. It's actually this, this, that, and the other. And, yeah, so I've, I've predicted a lot of the plot points. So they, they're not doing a bad job, but they haven't surprised me this season. However, you know, they could be just sort of like lulling us into a false sense of security. Maybe they're going to turn things around. I mean, the writer for this, obviously, is the writer behind Shrinking and Scrubs. He's no slouch. So, um, And also, I always forget that Brett Goldstein has a lot to do with the writing. The guy who plays Roy Kent. Oh, yeah. He I didn't, he's yeah. really involved with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I hadn't really realized that as, uh, as involved as he is. He's a very good writer. So I'm assuming they're going to turn things around, but I just figured I'd give you a heads up going into the season. It's not bad. It's definitely not bad, but I'm, I'm wanting 
I'm wanting them to really impress me, darn it. <laughs> well, I'm just lining up movies that I need to see because you and a bunch of other people have talked about the fact that the Dungeons and Dragons movie is surprisingly fun. And yeah. Yeah. judging from how bad the previous attempts at doing a Dungeons and Dragons movie have been, yeah, I'm I'm curious now, especially because I like Chris Pine. I, I do want. Oh, yeah. I, I thought maybe that was a bit of stunt casting when I saw the trailer for it, but no. No, everybody says that he's doing a great job and that the jokes in the movie are funnier than they have any right to be, is how the, um, yes. the NPR reviewers described it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And the effects are really good. And I think it's funny all the way through, but there is one moment that was literally laugh out loud funny. And I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to when you see it. There was one bit that I, I keep thinking back on that. I'm like, yeah, that was hilarious. But I, I do recommend that one. And slightly darker, I'm curious about Ari Aster's new movie, Bo is Afraid. Ari Aster mm. did Midsommar. And yeah. boy, talk about polarizing. There are an awful lot of people who are saying that this is a career-killing movie for Ari Aster, and that it's a really? sign of what a terrible idea it is for you know movie producers to give free reign to a director. But then you've got all these other people like... This movie will fuck you up, and I loved every moment of it. So it's really hard to get a a hold on exactly what the feeling is, because people are saying, this is a messed up movie. Whether or not they like it is kind of 50-50, I'm thinking. But then a lot of the people have been complaining about it and saying, you know, I knew this was going to suck because Midsommar sucked. I'm like, oh, you fucking take that back because Midsommar did not suck. Yeah, that should probably be, you should go into those reviews like, did you hate Ari Aster's new movie? Okay, did you hate Midsommar? Well, then it's not surprising that you'd hate the new movie. (laughs) Right, yes. So something that I did this week, I finally signed up for Midjourney, the AI thing. Right. Because I'm, I'm very much two minds of it. Like, I'm following actual professional artists on Twitter whose work is getting legit stolen by the AI bros who are scraping their images, uploading their images. You know, they're stealing their style, which is the thing. It's like, it's one thing to spend the time and the effort to learn how to either like paint and draw in the real world or paint and draw using Photoshop and Procreate, which is still very, very hard. But it's another thing. These people have created these beautiful, appealing styles. And the AI people are just scraping those images and making versions that aren't as good, but they're like, quote unquote, good enough. And then they're slapping them on mugs and selling them on Cafe Press. It's just kind of, but... Also, I know that with any technology, it's going to put a lot of people out of work, which is scary, but it's, it happens every time there's a technological advancement. And the thing is, you can't put it back in the box no. here. And as a professional graphic designer, I can't ignore it. I don't know how it's going to affect my job. So I signed up for it. It is fascinating. I've, and I've known that it's been fascinating for a while. Um, and I'm just, I signed up for a, a low cost plan. So I'm just playing around with it a little bit. Just today, I was following Ursula Vernon's Twitter account, mm-hmm. and she was talking about the fact that Adobe has got their own AI app. It's going to be called Firefly, and it's in beta testing right now. And she started using it, and like every other Adobe product, she said, it's, it's made to be user-friendly, because in mid-journey, you're logging into Discord, and you're typing in text prompts, and sometimes you can go to prompt generators that'll give you more actual code to do prompts and everything. And of course, Adobe, you know, they're just like, uh, no, people don't like to do that. So they've got like buttons and drop-down menus, and they've created like a text thing. Like she has, you should go look on, it's uh, Ursula Vernon, her Twitter account is Ursula V, all one word. 
she showed an example of like the word toadstool, but it's all been made with toadstools. Oh, wow. And apparently there's little sliders where you can determine like how far outside of the letter edges are your elements going to go to like give it a lumpier look and everything. She's like, it's pretty stunning. So be on the lookout for that. That is something I can see right now. I mean, my God, our company uses the Adobe software all day long. And so I've signed up for the beta. I'm hoping to get an invite. So more on that as it comes. I am still, in case anybody's wondering, I'm still very on the fence about the AI thing because I just don't... Adobe says that theirs is going to be... What's the word? Oh, gosh. You're going to have to help me with the word where you're like being fair and reasonable, like, like not like fair trade or something. I don't know. The idea is it's a ethical... I think that might be it. The idea is it's only going to use images that they actually have licenses to. It can't. It that, won't scrape the internet. That is what I'm wondering is going to have to happen. That the licensing, because think about people who do songs where they sample bits from yes. other people's songs. They still have to pay the licensing fees on stuff like that. So that you're yeah. going to have to get that on AI. And I, I've seen there was at least one case where a guy like had his artwork pulled because he was accused of copying, but it was because somebody had taken one of his pictures and used it as source for a uh, mid-journey picture. And then yep. someone else said, oh, look, you're copying this other person. So right. there's going to have to be so much care taken to where the information is coming from if it's not going to be stealing. And I also, I mean, I remember years ago when self-checkouts were created and installed in grocery stores, and everybody thought this was going to put cashiers out of work. But right. even if you have nothing but a, you know, a self-checkout, you still have to pay somebody to stand there and help with problems and watch and make yes. sure that people aren't cheating. So there's still going to be jobs involved with things like Midjourney, because Midjourney can't really think for itself, and you kind of have to fix everything that comes out of it. You can't, even if, if it creates an image that has six fingers, you can't tell yeah. it to do that same picture, but just with fewer fingers. You have to start over from scratch. So somebody's right. going to have to have the Photoshop experience to fix what comes out. Somebody's going to have to do things like those ads that you told me you did samples for, of yes. um, like real estate ads, and they it made some really nice ads, but it didn't have any lettering. Like the lettering was right. all like Laura Ipsum looking stuff. So somebody's exactly. going to have to be and doing that. And it's all flattened files. It's not like you can click on those texts and change it. You have to know how to go into Photoshop and do that. I think it's great as an idea of like generating new ideas just to give you something. Even those ads, like they had put like automatic photos. I did some employment ones and God, all the people with their weird ass smiles. Was so odd. <laughs> but I kind of liked what they did around a border at one point and I did some automotive ones the other day and it just like some nice framing and stuff going on so for generating ideas it's great and certainly with Adobe Firefly it I mean the technology is growing in leaps and bounds I think they could get to a point where you could actually put in live text and make it work I could totally see that happening but then you're going to have to pay for the Adobe software but that's kind of like a lot of the technology that's out there they make it it's expensive but it's like 
marginally more convenient than doing it some other way, like a pirated version. You know, you pay to stream because you could pirate, but it's so much easier if you just fork over the money to stream, you know, that kind of thing. So, right. I don't know. I don't know. This is a very long-winded way of saying that, you know, I'm sure we'll all figure some stuff out. I did like they're talking about chat GPT replacing a lot of jobs because it can do a lot of, like, coding. Like, accountants should be worried because there's a lot of stuff they can do for that. And I had a friend of mine say the thing is you're always going to have to have a human involved in there for like accounting because that the program may do an excellent job of figuring out all the numbers but they're not going to know that the ceo has been hiding money in the billing because he's renovating his yacht you know you have have an actual human who knows stuff like that so i don't know i'm fairly sure ursula vernon was the one that was following along this Oh, this long conversation on Twitter where someone was challenging the idea that you could use ChatGPT as a lawyer, replacing lawyers with an AI. And it's just basically... It's, it's not a human. It doesn't understand the human intricacies. And you cannot get a close enough when it comes to the law. There's literally no, no judge that will accept. It's sort of made up an entire precedent that didn't actually yeah. exist. But otherwise, the argument's fine. No, it's not fine. And no. you're going to go to jail if you try that. Yeah, yeah. And I did see another person who had reposted something from a guy who accepts submissions for a magazine for like art projects and stuff like that. They're putting terms in their, you know, when they're announcing the contests or submissions or whatever, they're starting to add into the terms that cannot be AI generated stuff. And he said, you may think that you've got something that looks really great. And of course, we'd never know. But you're talking about professional artists who are going to look at it and be like, it's clearly done by AI. So people are trying to get away with it. And it's not happening. They're doing it with the law. It's not happening. Well, there's also the whole idea about students using the chat uh, function to write their papers for them. But I think they're already marketing software that recognizes something that's been generated by but then of course the chat software is going to get better and you know create more convincing stuff which means that they're going to have to create better software to catch it so it's like it's it's like an arms race and i'm sure it's the software designers that are winning all of this i'm sure yeah but you know Whatever. <laughs> anyway, I just thought all that was fascinating, and I don't know. Maybe you and I'll just do some uh, some mid journey fan art that we've been wanting to do for a while. Because I get two hundred images a month, so maybe we'll do something interesting. Oh my it. goodness, yes! I want to see what a Hiram McDaniel's look like, like variations on that concept. Ooh. Yes, I like. But other than that, I guess that's going to wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out pixeladygeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the photo galleries, or fan art galleries. Hell, maybe we'll do some AI fan art galleries. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Next week, we will have Laura Olympus. I'm so excited. Oh, I can't wait. I don't know if she does like what she's done in the past, though. You have a whole lot of forward momentum. And then we'll have a couple very nice, very sweet episodes that are certainly lovely. And we love them and everything, but not so much for moving forward with the plot. I, I think we might be spending at least a couple of episodes with um, Morpheus helping Persephone go into dreams. So that might take up the storyline for just a little while. I guess that's fine. Anyway, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.
painting fluid, uh, hang on a second, like, I don't know, paint thinner is not food. Uh, Water. Damn it. Shit. Try again. <laughs> Literally no. no judge that will accept, well, it's sort of made up.